Good morning, everyone. I invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. We're continuing our study through the book of Hebrews. We'll be in chapter 11, verses 8 through 10 is going to be our focus, but uh, I'll read a little bit of the context around it. Now, what does a life of faith look like? That's what Hebrews chapter 11 is seeking to teach and to demonstrate to us. The chapter begins with a famous definition of faith, that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, conviction of things not seen. Later, we see in verse 6 that faith consists in believing that God exists and trusting that He will reward those who diligently seek after Him. As we begin to put the various elements together, the picture becomes clearer and clearer what it means to live by faith. It means that we trust that what God tells us about things we cannot know on our own, that we are willing to follow those things that He tells us and act on it. Today we begin an extended section on Abraham. Historically, we know that Abraham lived about 2,000 years prior to the birth of Christ. He was from Ur of, the Chaldea, of Chaldea, which is in modern-day Iraq, close to the Persian Gulf. He was married to a woman named Sarah, but the two of them remained childless. And when he was 75 years old, he heard the call of God to set out from Chaldea to Canaan. We read in Genesis 12 of this call, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I'll make of you a great nation, and I'll bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now we need to put ourselves in Abraham's context. We have to remember, there was no internet when he heard this call. Abraham couldn't go on Zillow and check out the local housing market in Canaan when he heard this call. He couldn't check out the weather or local attractions or the best grocery stores. When God called him to go to Canaan, he was calling him to go somewhere that he had never been and most likely knew nothing about. And he trusted God and he went. Throughout both the Old and New Testament, Abraham is lifted up as an example of what it means to live by faith. The Apostle Paul repeatedly goes to Genesis 15:6 as a text supporting justification by faith alone. For we read there that Abraham believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. As such, Abraham is considered the father of the faithful and the prime example of what it means to live by faith. So what does a life of faith look like? Well, it looks like the life that Abraham lived. It's not a life that is perfect. It's not a life without flaws. Rather, it is a life that is directed by what is unseen. It is a life that hears God's call and follows. And that is what we will see in our text for this morning. That if we are to live by faith, we hear God's call and we go. 
We go from what is known to what is unknown. We go from what is familiar to what is foreign. We go from what is present before us to what is promised, believing that as we follow God's call, we will come to the reward won for us by the Lord Jesus Christ, even life everlasting. So hear now the word of the Lord, Hebrews chapter 11. I'll begin in verse 1 and read through verse 12. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, we born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. This is God's holy word for us, his people. Let us pray. Well, Father God, we pray that you would open our eyes, unstop our ears, that we might see and we might hear and we might understand the call that you have upon our life and that we might in faith embrace your call to each one of us to go. We pray, Father, that you would, Lord, give to us your spirit that we might see the unseen. And we pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen. Moving can be one of the most stressful experiences that anybody can go through. When I was young, I moved around quite a bit. I had the combination of a dad who was in the army and parents who were divorced, so I was on the move a lot. By the time I started high school, I had been enrolled in eight different schools. 
When you move somewhere new, you have to restart all of your life. You have to establish a new home, a new school, or a new job, find a new community of friends. You have to learn your way around your new town, where to get your hair cut, where to vote, where the closest Walmart is located. And then there are things you don't even think about until you are there. You have to get a new driver's license, which means going to the DMV, and that means being sent back home to find documents that prove that you're a resident of a town that you have just moved to. Moving is hard because you're forced to go from everything that you know to the unknown. And that is what we see is required to live by faith. We must be willing to obey God's call upon our lives to go from what we know to what is unknown. Again, verse 8 of our text, there we read, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. God called Abraham to move, and he moved. And this is pleasing to God. This is what it means to live by faith. Abraham did not know where he was going. All he knew was that God called him to go, and that if he had the faith to go, the Lord would bless him with an inheritance. A few things to note from this verse. First, we see these words, by faith. Again, continually the author highlights this phrase, by faith, that God's people are to live by faith. They're commended by faith. They're accepted as righteous by faith. If you study the life of Abraham, you'll quickly find that he was not rewarded because of his virtues. He was not chosen because he was holy. In the book of Joshua, we read that Abraham, before he was called, was a pagan serving other gods. But God chose Abraham by grace. Then as we read through the life story of Abraham, we see that he was constantly falling into questionable actions. He asked his wife Sarah to lie multiple times about their marital status to save his own skin. He tried to take God's promise of having offspring into his own hands, and he had a child with Hagar, his wife's servant. But despite all of his stumbling, the overall direction of his life was determined by his faith in God's Word. He was going from what he knew to what was unknowable, trusting God. Next, we see that he obeyed. Faith was the root of his pleasing God, but obedience was the outworking of his faith. Just as we saw last week, if Noah didn't build the ark, his faith was dead so too can we say that if Abraham didn't leave Canaan or didn't leave Chaldea to go to Canaan when God called him, then his faith, faith was also dead. Faith has an effect on the direction of your life. It changes things. And when Abraham had faith, it took him from his home to a foreign land. Third, we see that he went because of the promised inheritance. Again, last week we spoke of the gracious nature of an inheritance, right? You receive something that you didn't earn because of your relationship with the deceased. 
In God's word, inheritance is closely connected to the concept of the land of Canaan. The people of Israel, when they finally received the land some 500 years after Abraham, they divided it up amongst the tribes and the families, and each received a plot of land that was held by their family in perpetuity. It was their place on earth, their homeland, their inheritance. And this was the call of God. Leave your homeland so that in the future you can receive a better land. Let go of what you currently have, how you currently live, and believe that if you go where I show you, one day you will have something better than you have now, a better possession and an abiding one. This is what it looks like to live a life of faith, to go from what you know to what you don't know. A willingness to embrace the ignorance of your human condition and trust that God has something better for, than, for you than you currently have. Are you willing to take this first step of faith? To begin a journey that is willing to leave everything you know? Because this is how we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes to us who are following our own path, who have our own plans for our lives, and he says, follow me. Like Matthew, the tax collector. He was sitting at his table doing his tax collecting thing. He was feeling good about the nest egg that he had built up and his prospects for an early retirement. And then we read, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. That's what it means to live by faith. God says go, and you don't ask, where are we going? You simply go believing that if God is leading you, you will come to the place you need to be. One night, I told our children that I wanted them to get into the van and take our dog with them. It was a rather strange request to be making around 9 o'clock at night. And so they asked, well, Dad, what are we doing? Where are we going? And I wouldn't tell them. They were a little suspicious, but they got in the car nonetheless. We began driving south on I-85, so we were living in South Carolina at this time. We were, drove south on I-85, and we made it down to Atlanta in about two and a half hours where their cousins lived. We stopped, we dropped off the dog, and we picked up their two cousins. By this time, it was the middle of the night, and they were overwhelmed with curiosity. Dad, where are we going? As we continued to head south, I couldn't hold the secret any longer. And I told them, we're going to go to Disney World. And they freaked out. They were so excited. A middle of the night drive down to Disney World. They could have never guessed when I told them at nine o'clock at night, get in the van with the dog that the next morning they would be riding. It's a small world. They simply had to trust that dad was doing something good for them. Are you willing to take that first step of faith? Are you willing to turn from everything you know? Are you willing to turn from your path that is comfortable 
and embrace God's path for your life, to leave everything you know and to set out not knowing where you are going to and trust that God will take you where you need to be. Because that is the first step to live by faith, to be willing to go without knowing where the Lord will take you, but knowing that it will be good. One of the more drastic moves I made was when I moved from Washington State to Belgium at the age of 11. Moving from one town to another or one state to another can be difficult, but moving to another country is on a whole other level of change. The language, the food, the laws, everything's different. However, one of the harder aspects of living in a foreign country is being foreign to everyone else, to stick out as an American, to know that you are the one who looks and acts odd compared to everyone else. But this is what it takes to go where the Lord is calling you to go. This is part of what it means to live by faith. It means that we are called to go from familiar to foreign. Look at verse 9 of our text. There we read, By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him, of the same promise. You see, it was by faith that Abraham left Chaldea, and it's by faith that he lived in Canaan. To live by faith, we have to begin by faith, but we also have to continue by faith as well. Abraham made the journey to Canaan, yet when he arrived, God did not hand the deed to this land over to him. Rather, the text says that Abraham lived in tents. He didn't settle down. He didn't buy land. He didn't build a city. Rather, he lived as a nomad. This is where we get the word Hebrew from. The root of the word Hebrew means to cross over. It's someone who has come from somewhere else. That guy came from somewhere else, he crossed the border. He's a Hebrew. He's a foreigner. He was a stranger. But not only was he a stranger in Canaan, but it says that his children and his grandchildren were also foreigners in Canaan. When I pastored in South Carolina, a small town named Gaffney, you had to go way back to be considered local. There were members of our church who had lived in Gaffney for over 50 years. But if you asked them, are you from Gaffney? They would say, oh, no, I'm not from Gaffney. There was a sense that if your grandparents weren't residents of Gaffney, then you weren't really a local. You were a newcomer. Now, our text tells us that Abraham and his family to the third generation were still foreigners. They were still living in tents. They weren't at home in this land. And this is what we must embrace to live by faith. We must embrace the identity of a foreigner as a Hebrew, as an exile, as an alien in this world. Throughout the New Testament, this is the reality that we are given. Those who follow Christ become resident aliens in this world. 
We live here presently, but we don't truly belong here. Sure, our heritage goes way back for generations on earth, but we are merely passing through. Philippians 3.20 says our citizenship is in heaven. 1 Peter 1 says that we are elect exiles. And down just in verse 13 of Hebrews 11, it says that we are strangers and exiles on earth. If you are living by faith, then your life is going to look foreign to the people of this world. You're going to speak and act in ways that are different. And no matter how long you live on earth, you will defy assimilating to those ways that are antithetical to God's call on your life. And you need to ask yourself, am I living in a way that people see me as foreign? Or are all my hopes and actions leading me to a life that looks like everyone else's? Youth, you're at an age where the desire and pressure to assimilate to the world's ways is overwhelming. You want to speak like the rest of the world, dress like the world, listen to the music, and pursue the goals that the world presents. But the Word of God is calling you not to assimilate, but to be different. Yes, you might stick out. Yes, you might have to give up popularity or acceptance. Yes, you might have to give up goals that the world presents as very positive. But you are called to be a stranger, an exile, a foreigner, to not get comfortable in this world. They always joke that Americans stick out when they go to other countries because apparently we all wear white shoes, baseball caps, and shorts. Christian, do you stick out? Do you stick out in this world? Not because you're wearing a certain style of clothing or have a certain haircut, but because of how you love your neighbor. Do you stick out because of the way that you spend your time? Do you stick out because of the sacrifice that you are willing to make for others? Do you stick out because of the priority that you place on worship superseding everything else that you do? Do you stick out because you are willing to forgive when others are continually calling foul? Do you stick out in this world because your life choices are based not upon what is seen, but on what is unseen? Because this is what it means to live by faith. To go from being Familiar to foreign. Are you living by faith? Do you embrace the unknown with hope? Do you live as a stranger in a strange land? And finally, do you live for a promise and not for what is present? This is the example that has been given to us by Abraham. That he was willing to go from what was present, what he could hold to a promise. Look at verse 10. There we read, For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations and whose designer and builder is God. If you think of living by faith as a journey, it begins by entering the unknown by faith. 
It continues, it goes forward uh, by faith living as a pilgrim, as a foreigner. And finally, it ends, it finds its culmination in aiming towards the promise. You see, Abraham was willing to live in tents and not in a city because his goal, his desire was to live in a better city. His goal was to live in that place that had been established by God Himself. Now we need to pause because on the surface it seems that Abraham's call was to go to a specific location, right? Canaan. He was called to go from one place on earth to another place on earth. And it seems like once he arrived in Canaan, then he would have been given the reward of his inheritance, right? God said, go to this land and I will give it to you. But he didn't, even as verse 13 says. If you look down there, it says, these all died in faith. Okay, all of these examples, but specifically Abraham not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. It wasn't for another 500 years before Abraham's descendants possessed the land. And even then, as we learn in chapter 4, they didn't actually truly enter the rest. They held the promise provisionally. But the substance of the promise of God, of the inheritance, was still to come. And this is what it means to live by faith. Are you willing to live in tents presently because you will one day live in the city of God? You will enter the promise in the future. You will come to the promised rest, but not now. This doesn't mean that we are not without blessings along the way. God richly blessed Abraham and his children. We read in the book of Genesis that they were given vast wealth, that they had large families, that God kept them alive miraculously through famine, that they were favored by Pharaoh at least for a time. But they did it all in tents. And for you to live by faith, you too must be willing to live in tents now. That doesn't mean that you don't own a home. Or that you can't live under a roof. It means that your approach to this world and to its good is temporary. It sees that any blessing you receive now is only a shadow of the blessing that is to come. So that when it's time to leave aside home to follow Christ, you are willing to do it. Listen to Jesus' words in Matthew 19. He says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. You see, we are not given eternal life because of this sacrifice. We inherit eternal life because by faith we let go of what is present and we trust that what is promised to us in Jesus Christ will truly be given to us by His grace. Are you willing to do this? Are you willing to take up the call of God to live like Abraham? Are you willing to leave family and home and live as an exile in this world, investing not in the present but in the world that is to come? 
When I moved to Belgium, one of the hardest aspects was leaving family behind. I lived close to both sets of my grandparents. I had numerous aunts and uncles and cousins. And yet the hardest person to leave was my mother. As I mentioned, my parents were divorced. And while I had lived away from my mom for a month or two here or there, I had to leave for over a year and a half. Over a two and a half year period, I only saw her for one week. I was leaving everything and everyone I knew to go to a foreign land. And yet, in my story, this is where the Lord planned to take me. For it was in this place of a foreign, unknown land that I first came to hear the gospel. It was here that my stepmother shared with me the good news of Jesus Christ, that He had been born, God dwelling among us, that He lived a perfect life on our behalf, that He offered Himself as a sacrifice upon the cross, that He died, was buried, and that on the third day He rose again, and that if I would be forgiven of my sin if I would be cleansed and sealed for eternity, if I would become a new creation, that I must repent of my sin and place my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was there that I was drawn into a relationship with Christ. It's there that I first started going to church in a small church that was established for military families living overseas in Belgium. It was there that I was baptized, that I was trained in the truth of Scripture, and I started following after Christ. And I ask you, where might the Lord be calling you to go? Where is the unknown for you? For some of us, it might mean literally moving overseas as missionaries. And maybe even right now, you are feeling the burden of that call that God is calling you to go. For others, it might mean moving for a job or moving to go to school. For others, it might mean staying right here in Lynchburg in the house that you currently live in for the rest of your life, but living on a mission that's glorifying God to go to the places that are unknown in this city that people that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and don't know His goodness might hear. Glorifying God in your family, in your church, in your neighborhood. It's frightening to go. It's hard to go. It takes faith to go. But as individuals and as a church, we know that God is calling us to live by faith. And to live by faith, we have to be willing to go. Believing that where He is taking us is the place of promise. For each of us, this means living for the promise that is to come. The inheritance that God has for us. To live by faith means that you trust where Christ is taking you. You're willing to get in the car even though you don't know exactly where it is going. Believing that the one who is driving is taking you exactly where you need to be. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, I pray 
that you would give to us the grace to live by faith, that we would be willing to answer that call upon all of our lives to go, to go into this world, to make disciples, to teach of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I pray, O God, that you would give us such grace that we might follow that call. We pray it all in Christ's holy name. Amen.